Hello and welcome to this week's Ageless Wisdom Mystery School from Los Angeles. I'm Michael Benner, your host every week for the Mystery School, a program about personal and spiritual development, about mindfulness, meditation, metaphysics, and mysticism. Good to be with you today as we talk about codependency. That's our topic for the week this week. I think probably the most common neurosis in the world. Common because everybody either has been or still is, to some extent anyway, codependent. Most of us want to be nice people. We're well-intentioned. We want to help other people. And so there are times that we are even willing to betray ourselves and do things that are really not in our own best interest to help other people. But that can be addicting. And when you begin to need to help other people and you need their approval and their appreciation for you being of such extraordinary help to them in whatever uh, situation they may find themselves in, then you begin to really betray yourself in some destructive ways, and it can lead to all kinds of problems, and is very easily, by the way, inherited. I don't mean through your DNA. It's not a matter of nature as much as nurture. It is very easily passed down from generation to generation within dysfunctional families, along with the very dysfunctions that lead to the codependent behavior. Now, this topic really came out 20, 30 years ago as people began to study alcoholism and drug abuse. And this is when, and even today I might add, there are many social workers and therapists that refer to codependency almost exclusively in the context of someone being related to or in a family where there's alcoholism and drug abuse. But I must say in the last decade, since the turn of the century, roughly 2000, plus or minus a few years, the definition has really expanded to include all kinds of dysfunctional behavior and in fact, I'd like to start here in the free forum before we move into the full extended premium training with what I think is really the entry point for codependency, the area where the greatest number of people are likely to get into that bad habit or get on that slippery slope of swapping emotions with other people and I need you to like me and appreciate what I do for you and I'm attracted to you because you probably have a similar need and I'll love you if you love me but then I'll blame you for my negative feelings and get very angry and defensive if you blame me for your negative feelings as if I caused them but of course that's what people do. So failure to be accountable for your emotional feelings is, I think, where we really need to begin to look at codependency. Now, everybody does this to some extent. 
It's just natural and normal, especially when your emotions are triggered by other people. In other words, if somebody stimulates an emotional feeling by insulting you, even if it was not their intention to do so, if you feel insulted, you're going to blame them, hold them responsible for the way you feel. Because they stimulated it, they triggered it, you could say they caused it, and if they hadn't said that, well, you wouldn't feel this way. So therefore, they are to blame. It's pretty obvious. And again, I think everybody gets sucked into this trap. And from time to time, it may take a while for even the most self-aware people to recognize or remember that, hey... If it's my feeling, then ultimately I'm responsible for the way I respond or react to the stimulus. Yes, you may have triggered the feeling, but yeah, the way it came out of me is really mine and reflects me. If the same thing had been said to nine other people, we'd have ten completely different responses. And so... To be accountable for your emotional feelings, or if you wish, to be responsible, is to recognize that you have the ability, if you're quick enough and wise enough and practice it enough, to choose your response. Think of responsibility for emotional feelings, which is usually called accountability, as able to choose my response. And then ask yourself, are you? Well, many people will be responsible or accountable for the way they feel emotionally. They understand it reflects your own internal condition, the way you feel emotionally, until such time as somebody causes you to feel. They trigger, I guess that's the best word for it, they trigger your particular feeling. And again, doesn't really matter whether it was their intention or not. If you feel hurt or insulted or demeaned or degraded or discounted, then you're going to act in an angry and defensive way. And that really is codependent because you're depending upon other people to make you happy. I need your love. I need your approval. I not only desire, I really need your acceptance, but I also need you to prevent me from feeling any negative feeling. I mean, think of your negative emotions as being like the lights and gauges on the dashboard of your automobile. And nobody really wants these gauges or these lights to indicate that there's a problem with your car even driving too fast or running low on gasoline, much less the radiator is overheating or the oil pressure is beginning to fall or some problem like that. You don't really want the problem, of course, but you also would not be better off by not knowing about it. So covering over the dashboard with heavy brown wrapping paper is obviously not going to prevent the problem from happening. It'll only prevent you from knowing about it. But what if you went a step further, and if a light or a gauge on the dashboard indicated a problem with your car, 
you turn and blame the passenger for whatever the problem indicates. In this case, that would seem to be pretty silly, but that's really what many people do in their lives, blame other people for the way they feel. Whether they trigger it or not, somehow people project onto other people. And this is where the codependency gets really severe. So this is the first problem with codependence or codependency, a lack of accountability or responsibility for the way we feel. Whether triggered, and it's a lot easier to understand that we would miss accountability, at least initially in that case, but often just general moods and attitudes to blame other people for that. You're not doing enough to make me happy. You used to love me. I don't know why you don't love me. You need to spend more time with me and do this and that to make me happy. That's your job. Why am I in this relationship? That's basic codependence, you see. That's not our job. And there's a lot of confusion around this because, again, a healthy relationship includes the intention, the desire to do things for other people, to make them feel happy if such a thing is possible, to stimulate, to encourage, to promote happiness and joy, to have fun together. Certainly, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's part of a healthy relationship. So what's a little complicated, even convoluted about talking about codependency is at what point do my needs for you to make me happy, to make me feel like you appreciate everything I do for you, at what point does it become a real problem, you see? And it's easy to recognize in families where there's alcoholism and drug abuse. Let's take a simple example. Let's say uh, it's uh, Sunday morning and dad's been on a bender. He's been out late on Saturday night drinking too much in a bar or club someplace. Or maybe even at home. Doesn't much matter where he was drinking. He had too much to drink. So on Sunday morning, mom has to make sure the kids don't make too much noise. They can't have too much fun because their laughter and their joy will wake up dad, who's going to be very angry. He's hung over, right, from the night before. So knowing this, mom sends the kids outside to play when they should have been just perfectly fine playing in the room or in the living room or downstairs in the rec room or whatever. Why do they have to go outside? Well, we have to make sure we don't wake Dad up before noon because he's hung over from the night before and Lord knows would not take responsibility for the hangover. Further, Mom was going to run a load of uh, dishes in the dishwasher and maybe she thought about running the washing machine and doing some laundry or a little bit of vacuuming because it's nice and quiet on a Sunday morning, doesn't have much else to do, might might be a good time to do that. But she thinks, no, I 
can't really make any noise because if we wake Dad up, he's going to be very, very angry. I mean, he's responsible for drinking. He's responsible for drinking too much the night before. Therefore, he's responsible for the hangover that he's going to experience. But if he wakes up because the kids are playing or mom is running the vacuum, he's not going to be responsible. He's going to, and everybody knows it, the kids know it as well as mom. And so everybody's got to walk on eggshells and tiptoe around the house so as not to upset the abusive, in this case, the alcoholic personality. This is typical of the way we get on that slippery slope of changing our behavior and betraying ourselves, really, and what's best for us to conform to the wishes and desires of the person who's dysfunctional, in this case, the alcoholic. But beyond simply that, not only is it a betrayal of yourself, you're actually enabling the alcoholic, in this case you can see clearly, to be an even better alcoholic. Although it's not the intention of mom, she just wants to avoid the yelling and the anger by waking dad up too early. He's going to be angry no matter when he wakes up because it hurts. Hangovers are horrible things. Your hair hurts, right? There's going to be some of that anyway, but at least if the house is quiet when he wakes up, he won't have anybody to blame. But she's actually enabling him to be a better drunk, protecting him from the consequences of his negative behavior. Now, this is another way to spot codependency and ask yourself, am I a people pleaser? Am I someone who plans my behavior according to, first and foremostly, my desire to avoid hurting other people? For example, do I feel guilty when I assert myself and say no? Why is it hard to say no? Well, I'll disappoint the other person. But if you say yes when you really mean no, you're disappointing yourself. Well, many people are willing in these situations, codependent people, to betray themselves, to step far outside of their own personal integrity, to be the people pleaser. To be a nice guy? Yeah, but at what point are you enabling dysfunctional, even abusive behavior? You see, this is where, again, the slope gets slippery, and we got to be careful about this tendency to walk on eggshells and say to yourself or to others, well, I just don't want to upset them. People stay in dysfunctional marriages, for example, in abusive relationships because they don't want to upset the other person, the abusive person. (laughs) They're going to stay and suffer the abuse rather than disappoint, hurt, or upset the person who is abusive. I just don't want to be responsible, the person might say, for their disappointment or for their anger. 
Well, it's understandable. Maybe in a previous relationship, for example, a woman who was married to an abusive man had, as a child, an abusive father. And so she learned this enabling codependency in walking on eggshells and being a people pleaser and betraying herself to avoid dad's abuse. And now that she's grown up, she just never transitioned to emotional independence and then continues to be emotionally dependent and behave in such a way that her behavior is motivated by what the other person thinks and feels. You can see how it's codependent. If the reason I do what I do is my concern about other people, and I'm not really checking in with myself to see what are my motives, what would I do if I had the power, if I had the personal authority, if I had gosh, even the self-esteem or the assertiveness to stand up for myself, well, I might be doing something very different. But I'm willing to change my behavior, actually enabling, that is, making this codependence, could be alcoholism, could be drug abuse, could just be a violent personality, could be living with a narcissist or someone with a chronic mental illness, and people are willing often to totally change their behavior, to sacrifice their life. Imagine sacrificing your whole life rather than divorce or run away or <laughs> do whatever you need to do to protect yourself and live a life in your integrity, that a life that is a reflection of your own particular motives and how you feel. Well, that's the introduction to the topic. Now, we're going to continue for our premium listeners, and you can enroll anytime you'd like at theagelesswisdom.com, either for a single week, for a 13-week quarter, or for the deepest discount for a full year. Just go to our primary website, the the agelesswisdom.com, click on webinars and then premium training, or in some cases, depending on how you approach it, the first button you see will be premium training, and you'll be able to enroll with your ATM card, your bank card, your credit or debit card, right on the spot in a matter of seconds. And then every week you'll get an emailed notice with the URL link to a cloud where you can listen to that week's premium training in its entirety, usually about 90 minutes, either streaming or you can download it right to your computer and then manage it like any other MP3 file, like a song. You can put it on your smartphone, on your iPod, on your tablet. And I also want to recommend Stitcher Radio, which is a very cool way to stream podcasts to mobile devices and automobile dashboards and tablets and smartphones and whatever you've got. So Stitcher Radio. Check the newsletter for the link or just go to stitcher.com and do a little search for the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. 
And if you're not getting our newsletter, then request that as well. It's free. Again, theagelesswisdom.com. Just click on free newsletter. All I need is your first name and your primary email address and a zip code, if you don't mind, so that we can reduce spam and target email about local events. If you're outside the U.S., just put a period or a dot in that zip code field and then click the submit button. But if you're in the U.S., we'd appreciate at least a five-digit zip code in there. That'll help us a lot. Okay, so stay tuned if you're a premium audio listener. Otherwise, thank you very much for being with us for our free forum, podcast through the iTunes store and available on Stitcher Radio. As always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. For the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School in Los Angeles, this is Michael Benner.